You're listening to a message from Micaiah Ermler, lead pastor of Southridge Church in San Jose, California. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge Now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. And now, here is Pastor Micaiah. Good morning and welcome to Southridge. We're excited to see each and every one this morning. Uh, Needed a little bit of extra help, so I called in the big guns this morning to help me teach today. And so let us get situated up here. Today's going to be a special day. You say, why? Because this is going to be a little bit of audience participation. We're going to put a number up on the screen. And throughout this message, you're going to get to text in your questions. And don't worry. They're not going to appear on the screen behind me, okay? So you're probably wondering, like, I ain't, no, not a chance. Don't worry. Uh, It'll pop up only up here, and uh, we're going to go through the message just like normal, except we're going to take little breaks, little intermission for you to text in your questions. We want audience participation. I loved last week how we had so many of you checked in on Facebook. And so if you want to do that again, it's real simple. Uh, Here's what you can put, okay? Dating isn't dead at Southridge, okay? If you want to check in, dating isn't dead at Southridge, okay? And that's really what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, Real quick recap. Week number one, we talked about box swappers. You have a box. She has a box. He has a box. And as soon as you get in a relationship, what do you want to do? Give the other person the box. And man, did I have a box ready for my beautiful wife. I was like, I couldn't wait to give it to her. It had my debt in it. It was was like, hey, can you fix this? It had my laundry in it. Hey, can you wash this? I mean, all of that was in there, okay? There's a bunch of stuff that I just handed. And she had a box for me. But it's interesting. Her box for me sounded really normal. Like, she just kind of thought, like, don't you want to change for me like this? Like, this is just normal. I, I really do think you should never grow a beard is what she told me. So no facial hair is allowed. She's like, that's just a normal thing in my box. And uh, other things like financial independence, you know, things like that. I just novel ideas, right? And so week number one, we talked about how we trade boxes. And what we learned is oftentimes when it comes to relationships, common sense is not all that common. And so we get into relationships, and we don't quite understand why we're having some of the same arguments, why we're fighting about the same thing. And a lot of it has to do with box swapping. And no one person can meet all your hopes, dreams, and expectations. And when you dump that on another person, that doesn't feel like, oh, what a gift. It actually feels like pressure to them. That's the only way they take it is, great, I have more pressure in my life. Because that person does care about you that you're in a relationship with. And guess what? They do want to meet it. And they're going to try. And sometimes they will try to the point where they're exhausted, emotionally depleted, physically depleted, where they just, I've got no more to give. So we looked at week number one was box swappers. Honey, what was week number two? Week number two was about the fine print. And I love that message because it talks about what happy couples know. And just like... 
Pastor and I, we want to be one of those happy couples, but we did learn that we naturally assume that the relationship will naturally get better, but naturally we're wrong. We just kind of assume like, oh, it's going to get better as it goes on, but we're actually wrong. Um, We did learn that we need to love differently, and to love differently, we need to love differentially. Um, Oftentimes we look at the spouse like, oh, you do need to work on this for this relationship to work better. Um, sadly, it's actually what, the, what does love require of me in this relationship for this relationship to get better. So we kind of had to shift our perspective instead of looking at the other person like, okay, these are the things that you need to work on or these are things that you need to change, but we kind of have to shift that to ourselves and say, what do I need to do to make this work? Yeah, and then last week, love last week's message by Pastor Missile. That was excellent. Grown love. And I love this thought that he gave us. He said, grown love doesn't happen in a moment of time, but over time. And a lot of us want to just plant that seed of a great relationship and just kind of the next day come out expecting a harvest. But that's not the way it works. And so we want a mature love. We want our relationship to move from that puppy love stage, that infatuation stage, to a deep lasting and mature love but that's a seed and like a seed it takes time to grow well this morning we're going to look at how the fact that not only are relationships complicated love is complicated marriage is complicated but you know what I actually think is the most complicated of all and some of you may differ with me on this is actually nowadays dating dating today is so complicated and those of you that you're saying, no, it was easy, um, you know, I just, you know, kind of like, hey, you're cute, you know, let's get married, you know, get hitched the old-fashioned way. Them days are gone, okay? Nowadays, it's so complicated, and it's so hard because we live in, and uh, anybody who's not in a uh, marriage relationship, you're used to hearing this. You want to hang out? You want to hook up? And you're like, so what are we? You know, I mean, and that's the culture today. It's a hangout, hookup type culture. But it's not lasting, committed, covenantial relationships. And so today we're going to talk about it. Now, anybody that's in a committed relationship or you're married this morning, don't tune me out. Because some of you give the worst advice ever. Like, the stuff we hear you say is like, just... No. What, did you find your woman and hit her over the head with a club and drag her to your cave? Is that, I mean, it kind of sounds that archaic, right? And nowadays it's totally different. And let's just kind of be okay with the fact that things are a little bit different. And let's be okay with that we actually might be out of touch. And so today I really want to help anybody that's in that dating world or you want to be better at dating. But then also if you're married, you should still be dating your spouse, your spouse, okay? Not other people, okay? <laughs> Let me clarify, because some of you are like, yes, this, I knew I love this church, you know? And uh, we're not that progressive, okay? All right, so date your spouse. Now, when it comes to this, we have a big idea, because some of you, you've about given up on dating. So, honey, what's our big idea The big this idea is the dating bar is low because your self-worth is low. Mm. And I notice this a lot. Um, how do I know this? Because Oftentimes, I see women or men, um, you, they tell themselves, I'd rather be with someone or being with, a bad, being with a bad someone is better than being with no one. Wow. And there's just wow. that um, kind of like a desperation that you mm. just want to be with someone. So you don't really care if this person is a good person or not. Um, and that's just kind of the idea right now that mm-hmm. we've set the dating bar low just because their self-worth is low. Um, and 
Song of Solomon 2, 1 to 17, we're going to go over this text. Um, We've actually kind of looked through, like, what are the verses or what does the Bible say about dating? Um, Song of Solomon chapter 2, verses 1 to 17 does talk about this. Yeah, because it's hard. You look at the Bible and you're like, okay, does the Bible have anything to say about dating? Like, I mean, it's tough because you're like, Jesus didn't date, so I can't look at him. All right, what about uh, other people in the Bible that dated? And you're like, "There's, there's not really any good example except we came to this great book called Song of Solomon, and I'm going to look at a couple verses together with you. I'm going to read them rather quickly because the entire chapter's really good, but let's start in verse number one, okay? This is the King Song of Solomon. This is King Solomon, David's son. He's writing a poetic book. It's a beautiful book, and it's about his love relationship with this woman, and here's how he opens. He says, I'm a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. As a lily among brambles, so is my love among the young women. What a great compliment. He's saying, babe, when I look at you, everybody else is just a weed, all right? But you are the flower among weeds, okay? And uh, so he wasn't talking about vaping or anything like that. He was taking, talking about, hey, there's this great flower among those. What a great compliment. He goes, as an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. With great delight, I sat in his shadow, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to his banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. He sustained me with raisins, refreshed me with apples, for I am sick with love. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraces me. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles of the or uh, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through his lattice. My beloved speaks and he says to me, arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. I love the poetic nature. Now, it may seem a little bit over the top, but remember those days when you were in fatuation? You just, all of a sudden, uh, you just kind of felt overwhelmed with, I'm going to write you a poem. I got to do the, uh, have the opportunity to do my brother's wedding this past uh, couple days. And at the wedding, he bursted out in the song, which if you know my family is not totally weird, except for the fact that none of us can sing. But then he actually has a good voice. And so he did a lot of music. And I was like, that's what love will do. Love will make a guy make, look, make a fool out of himself. Why? Because he's so in love with this person. That's what love does. The psalmist, he's so in love with this woman that he's willing to do that. Then somebody looked at me and they were said, did you ever sing to Jane? And I was like, no. And then I was like, actually, yes, but I'm going to lie. God will forgive me because it is like sad. You don't want to hear me sing. She used to say, oh, sing to me on the phone. And then I just get a, a you know, buzz, uh, you know, just kind of like, hey, iTunes, help me out. You know what I mean? It's like John Legend, here we go, you know, sing. Because I don't have a good voice. But that's what love will make us want to do. But here's where we're all sitting here. We're thinking, all right, what about dating? Where was the dating in that passage? Did you kind of see it? It says that he was looking through the lattice of her house. They weren't fully married. It was this thing where now he's writing love poems. He's singing songs. What is he trying to do? He's trying to woo her is what he's trying to do. And he's kind of playing coy a little bit. He's looking through the lattice of, the, of her house saying, hey, like, peekaboo, I see you. You know, just goofy little games that when you're dating that you kind of do. But maybe this is the big question. What is a date and what is dating? And there is a difference, isn't it? What is a date and what is dating? And, honey, why don't you define it for us? So here's the 
interesting question when we ask that. It's so, we're in a season or where it's super complicated. Um, if a guy asks a girl out, are you dating? Um, if he changes his status to complicated on Facebook, um, are, are you guys dating? If he asks you to go out with his friends and you can bring your friends also, is that considered dating? It's just not cut and dry now these days. Like, or if you ask, like, hey, let's just hang out. What does that mean? I hear that a lot. Uh, you know, hey, why don't we uh, um, go grab a bite to eat? Is, is that dating or are we just hanging out? So there's all these questions that I'm even confused. Like, what is actually dating nowadays? Yeah, because some of you, you've gone on a date and you're like, uh, so are we a couple now? Like, it's very ambiguous, right? And you're, you're on the date and immediately in your mind, you're like, uh, so should I change my status, you know, should we hold hands, like how far should this go, I mean, there's all these questions racing through your mind on the first date, because why, culture now, since nobody goes on dates, because culture has killed dating, because culture has taken dating behind the barn, and like old yeller, shot it, you know, and it's one of those things where we're like, no, we don't want to date, but dating is actually a great thing, it's actually a great way to get to know that person, it's a great way to spend time with somebody. And what I love the fact is that when it comes to dating, dating isn't dead. Even though culture says it's dead. But here's what actually happens. We look at dating. We're like, I don't want to go on dates because that means we're serious. But no, it doesn't. So let's recapture what dating is. Let's take it back. That if you go on a date, you are not dating. Okay? So uh, guys are just as guilty as sometimes as the gals in this room. We'll go on a date, and we're like, three kids. I'll have her meet the parents. I'll have him meet the parents. Or uh, we'll have four kids, a dog, and we'll have a house with a picket fence. Like, you just start doing this on the date. Don't do that. That's called crazy. Like, you don't need to be doing that on the first date. But let's just back it up a little bit on why dating isn't dead. Honey? Actually, we have our first question that um, Oh, came we through. already got a question. So oh, fantastic. sending your questions. Um, my friend is going through a divorce. Her trust is broken, and she wants a marriage. She wants a family. But she doesn't know, first of all, how to get back into dating mm-hmm. after six years. Mm-hmm. And then second one is how to trust another person. How can she learn to trust again and love again? Um, they, they, she was married for quite some time. What is a good middle ground when it comes to in-laws? So it kind of, I guess, dives in with our... Uh, with our next point, which is dating is a dance, and that kind of talks about, like, how do you actually date nowadays? Yeah, that's super good. Let me go directly to the question real quick. Uh, When it comes to relationships, a good relationship is built on trust, correct? Now, trust happens with an investment. Somebody came to me, and and I work with a coach who's a mentor of mine, and I said, hey, I have a hard time listening to people. And he said, because in your past, Bukai, you've been betrayed by people who are very close to you, so it's very hard for you to listen to people. Now, a divorce is the deepest kind of betrayal, is it not? It's that close friend, somebody that you made a vow, a commitment before God, your family and friends, and that's broken. So it's going to be very hard to trust. Now, some of you have even been through a relationship that you put four, five, six, seven years into, and then it broke up. All of a sudden, it's going to be very hard for you to trust somebody again. So give yourself permission to trust. And you say, well, how do I take those steps to trust somebody? It starts with this. And this is what a wise person told me. They said, don't trust somebody who's not invested into you. Don't trust somebody who's not invested. So somebody who comes to you and says, hey, uh, let's hook up. Let's hang out. That's one-sided relationship. That's they benefit, you don't. They need to clarify. They need to do some work to earn that trust. And trust is built over time. 
And so when it comes to a relationship, just think about that. They need to kind of prove themselves and give it that space. And then when it comes to the in-laws, I always think this. What's the next right decision? What's the next right decision? Like, what, what, what would my future self want me to do if I was in a much more healthy emotional state? Like, Monday mornings, if you come to my office and you want anything from me, you're just going to get a grouchy, irritated person. All right? Not until I've had about two or three cups of coffee and my somewhat spiritual. All right? And it's the same thing. After you've gone through a breakup or a divorce, your emotions are raw. All of a sudden, you're wanting to scorch earth, burn everybody, you know? Every dude is the devil incarnate, right? Give yourself just a little space. Take a hiatus from dating and just give yourself some space and let some healing happen. What happens is we rush too fast, we don't mourn, and we don't get to heal. So, and that leads us to this dating is a dance. Honey, you were about to say something really good. Yes, so the first date is actually just a dress rehearsal for the real date. Oh, say that again. The first date is the dress rehearsal for the real date. Say it again, that's so good. (laughs) The first date is the dress rehearsal for the real date. And um, this is interesting because obviously we were in a wedding this week, and... um, if you've been to a wedding, there's usually a rehearsal before the wedding, which means, you know, you kind of go through um, the, the bridal party, walks down the aisle, and then the um, officiant or whatnot, you know, they do. They don't go through everything, but they just kind of let people know, like, hey, here's when you come in. Here's when you leave. And that's what first date is. And yeah. you kind of mentioned this already earlier, how um, we I mean, i probably guilty of this. Um, we get so stressed out on the first date, yeah. right? It's like, what's going to happen, you know? Is, is, is this the person I'm going to marry? Um, that's kind of too early <laughs> to even Way think through all these. Way too early. Um, it's just a date. So during the yes. date, um, don't plan the wedding yet. Don't think, you know, of how many kids you got, you're going to have with this person. Um, don't ask when you can meet his parents. No. Um, it's just a date. Just have a good time. Um, actually, your goal on the first date is to determine if you want to go on a second date. Mm. So kind of releases all that pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, how are you going to behave around this person? Also, dating is fun because there's at least snacks and free meals, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that comes along when you, when you, uh, when you go on a date. Um, but culture has this expectation that by the we're third date. PG-13. Hold on, parents. Hold on. Here, here we go. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Say um, it. Culture kind of has this expectation, but by the third date, you kind of have to sleep together. And that's just really sad how I was actually talking to a group of girls, and um, she had gone on a date with this, with this guy, and on their third date, he was kind of making his moves. And she's like, oh, no, we're not doing that. Um, but that's just what culture says. Mm-hmm. On your third date, yeah, you know, you kind of have to sleep together already at this date. Um, but ladies and also gentlemen, the, the more challenging the chase, it makes the catch more rewarding. Yes. And yes. I felt like that whole thought is kind of lost nowadays. Yes. That girls just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, sure, whatever. There, there's no more of that, like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I catch this person. Um, there's no more persistency on that. Um, so that's kind of what I was thinking about. Like, hey, this is a date. But um, I did get another question. Sorry to interrupt that one. Let's do it. These are fun. Um, hello, it is my second time here, and I am feeling so loved and grateful. Thank you. All right. Um, how do, how do you deal if your spouse does not share of your faith in Jesus? Oh, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. But the Apostle Paul directly addresses this, okay? If you go to Ephesians 4 and 5, he specifically talks about this. Same with Peter. First Peter, he talks about it. They both use a word. You're not going to like the word. 
it submit. You're not going to like that word. It said submit to him. You say, well, what if this he or she says, oh, I want you to do this. Let them know, hey, look, I, sometimes you'll have a spouse that will even say, I don't even want you going to church. I don't want you reading your Bible. And you may say, like, I can't believe that. God, doesn't that go against you? Here's what I'm gonna, I want to help you with. You can let that person know, I want to go to church, but I want you to be one to Christ. And so guess what? Because I love you, I'll say no to this, even though it's what I want to do, because I love you, and I know that God's going to change you. And let them see by your behavior that it's real. Too often what we can turn into as Christians, we can turn into, I'm better than you. Look at me. I'm going to church. You're a heathen, probably going to hell, you know, all these bad things. And I'll be praying for you and your soul that it don't burn, you know. And and that's not going to help you. Uh, But as you say, I'm going to live out the mission of who Jesus is, that's going to be a huge testimony to that person. Uh, honey, why don't you share your testimony about your dad and your mom? Yes, actually, um, I grew up in that home. So my mom became a Christian the year I was born. And for 15 years, my dad wasn't a Christian. So I remember going to church. Um, my mom would take us and my dad. He was never, like, stopped us from going to church. But he also didn't encourage us. But for him, it was like, oh, my kids are turning out. You know, they're good kids. But he was never like, I don't want you guys to go to church. Um, I remember as a teenager, he only knew there's two places where we'd be, either the youth group or school. We're pretty good kids, I guess. But um, I remember it was like, you know, there, there was a lot of um, conflicts sometimes where, like, my mom would say, hey, let's do this. And my dad's like, no, 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 I'd rather do this. Um, but at, at, like what you said, um, at the end of the day, my, my mom had to submit to my dad, regardless of his, you know, he, well, he's not a Christian, you know, he doesn't believe in God. But over time, um, I remember when I was 15, um, we, we went to church. And, like, again, he never stopped us from going to church, but um, a series of events. And I remember he called my mom, um, and he was in the Philippines at this time, and he was like, I just got saved. And we're like, no. That's a joke, you know, because just growing up, he, he just, you know, he was never, like, into going to church. And so we even couldn't believe it that he finally became a Christian. But um, having a spouse who, or, who, uh, that doesn't, who doesn't believe in God, it should not stop you from still submitting to them. Mm. I'd probably say that. Super good, super uh, good. We do have another question. It says here, thoughts on dating non-believers or missionary dating? Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's the exception, not the norm. So here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, don't be unequally yoked. Now, he's specifically talking about marrying someone. But here's what I like to say is begin with the end in mind. Like you're hoping this person might change. But then if you're beginning with the end in mind that, wait a minute, I want to date a person who shares the same values. Here's where a lot of couples fight, okay? You're going to fight over three top three things. And they're not what you're going to expect. You're going to fight about finances. You're going to fight about your children. And you're going to fight about values, especially if you have what we call Judeo-Christian values and that he or she does not, why would you invite that conflict? Like, relationships are tough enough to compound those. And I just met somebody that uh, texted me this exact same question last week. And I said, actually, this goes back to you don't trust God enough that he can meet your needs. It really comes back to you don't trust God enough that he can bring that perfect one to you. You don't. And I'm telling you, there is that one. Here's the reality. We don't like to wait. We just don't. Now, you may find that one person where God was merciful and salvaged it, like it worked out. That is the exception to the norm. That's not the norm. So if you were to sit down, I would lovingly tell you, hey, 
look, I know he is hot or he's got a job and that looks and makes him look even hotter, you know, like that's great. But in the end, he's going to have different values, which means he's going to push your values. So you have a value to protect your purity. Well, guess what? If he doesn't have that value, what do you think he's going to be pushing on? Hey, it's third date. It's fourth date. Hey, what's, do you not care about me? Do you not want this to work out? So you're going to feel that pressure in the relationship that might get you to compromise some things you, don't, you know is right. I was listening to a speaker this week. He said a lot of Christians that battle depression, it's actually because of something we know we're not doing right out of obedience. And so it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we know, like, if I, I, I could probably deal with this. If I just say, God, you know what? I'm running from you, and that this would restore the relationship. Uh, any thoughts that you have on that? I think the Bible is clear that we should not be equally yoked with unbelievers. And I agree with what you said. Sometimes we, um, I'm actually going through a study right now with two of our women's life groups. And it's talking about how we're just not trusting God enough to meet our needs. And there's so many examples in the Bible where Sarah did it with Abraham. You know, he couldn't, she couldn't have a child. So she's like, hey, you know, go sleep with my handmaid. And obviously God was still merciful after. But throughout the Bible, we see how we kind of chose our own way. We kind of manipulate it if we're not willing to wait on God's plan. And it just kind of ruins everything, to be honest. Um, God is still merciful. God is still good. But you don't want to go through the heartache after. And I, like I said, there's so many examples in the Bible where, uh, you know, somebody would be like, no, I don't, want, I don't want to trust God anymore. I'm just going to do it my own way. And, you know, one of the examples, again, was Sarah and Abraham that came to my mind. Um, Maybe you're thinking, well, what's the deal with guys then? Because I hear it from the ladies. You're, you're, typically, it seems that women are a little bit more sensitive to God, a little bit more spiritual. And so you're like, well, I'm trying to live right, but where are the guys at? Where are the good guys at, okay? And I'll point them out for you right now. There's one. No, I'm just kidding. That, that'd be awkward, all right? And, uh, but you're saying, what's the deal with guys? Why won't a guy ask me out on a Friday night, take me to a nice restaurant, pay for it, have a decent conversation with me, then after the date walk me around town, maybe buy me a little trinket or a rose, walk me to my door, give me a hug, maybe a kiss on the cheek, say goodnight, and then exactly 37 minutes later, text me and say, I had a great time. Three days later, say, do you want to go out again? Like, where's that guy? All right, we're all thinking about it. And Just to interrupt, does that include online dating? Because I did ooh, get a question ooh, on I love, We're going to get to online dating. Um, I can't wait to online dating. This one is good. They did ask, should we, online, should we use online dating sites to meet someone? How much should yes, we tell about ourselves? And can we post a 20-year-old picture? No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. All right. Pro okay. tip. Pro tip. <laughs> the same rules for regular dating apply to online dating. Yes. So... Don't doctor up that photo. You're only messing up your own chances for when you actually meet. They're going to be looking for you, like, in the coffee shop. You're like, I'm right here. I'm right here. They're like, I don't want it. I don't want it. All right? So keep that photo current because when they see you in the coffee shop, they want to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Now, a couple of things. You need four pictures. Okay? There's four pictures for for online dating. You need a personality photo that says, I'm fun. I'm interesting. All right? So a personality photo. Then... You need a selfie, but, but be aware of your surroundings. Do not take the selfie in the bathroom. Ain't nobody want to see your draws in the background of that selfie or something else, okay? So when you take a selfie, have a, and then take one that's kind of a self-portrait, a nice photo of you, three-fourths to full body, okay? All right? Let people see some of the goods, okay? All right? They is wondering, not all of them, 
Okay, it's the trailer. Don't show them the movie. Just give them a trailer. Okay, that applies to so much more as well. I think what's interesting, people who do um, online dating, they always say this. I don't normally do this. And, well, why are you on here? Why yeah. are you? Yeah. Why don't are you? say that. <laughs> don't start this your post on online why? dating. I don't normally do online dating, but here I am with the rest of you riffraff. No, 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 just, that's how it sounds, all right? Yeah, don't say that. That's how it sounds. Don't uh, do that. Pro tip. Another question here is, if your boyfriend or girlfriend has a child, when is the right time to meet their children? Oh, that's a great one. Now, here's the thing. When you go on a date, there's certain stuff you want to reveal about yourself, certain stuff you don't. All right? Now, if you are dating and you have children, let them know up front. Don't hide that. Don't let that be a surprise. They're like, hey, you pulled up in my van. Yeah, with my seven kids. No, like, don't hide that. All right? Be up front. You say, when should you meet them? Now, that is honestly where you feel trust. Okay? That's where you build the trust. Here's the thing. Slow with people is fast. Go slow with people to build trust. You're not in a rush. I'm going to skip ahead. Here's something you need to write down, okay? A race you're trying to finish fast, a relationship you're trying to make last. Write that down. Keep that. If you're dating, a race you're trying to finish fast, a relationship you're trying to make it last. So take time. You say, yeah, but, 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 but my, my physical clock, it's a ticking. Let it tick. Let it tick. Because here it's just our own insecurity saying, I will lower the bar because I don't have healthy self-worth. And that's why you're in a string of bad relationships because you're lowering the bar. No, set the bar of what you want. And I guarantee somebody's out there. And then say no. And, and let me go back to this. Here's what I see a lot of good girls doing. And I'm, and I'm going to pick on the ladies. You are by nature hopeful. So you date a guy's potential and not his reality. Okay? You will date his potential, which you think one day he'll be. Well, one day I think he'll get a job. Just because he has two arms and two legs and a head on his shoulders does not mean he'll be a hard worker or a CEO or anything like that. So don't date his potential. Date his reality. So don't tell your mother or your father, hey, you know what? He's got this great idea or, or you know what? His, his work just doesn't appreciate his genius. He's telling you that because it's a code for I am lazy at work and I'm about to get fired. All right? Not they don't appreciate my genius or they just were jealous of my talents. No. Date his reality, not his potential. All right. We've got another question here. How do you balance time with kids, jobs, chores, and try to make time to take time out to date your spouse? Mm, that's great. That's, a good one. that's great. All right. So this is everybody here in the Silicon Valley, you're going to struggle with this one. So it's a tension to manage. It's a constant tension. So what I often do is we uh, plug for our life group. Last uh, semester, we went through the five love languages, and they talked about the love tank. And then we're doing another study tonight at 530 at the church office. You're welcome to join us. And uh, they talked about the love bank, the love tank and the love bank. So I'll ask Jane every couple of weeks, hey, how's your love tank? And if I hear empty, dry, I'm like, oh, it's been too long. We need to go on a date. All right. So I would say twice a month, try to get on a date. But you say, how do I balance time with kids? You are in control of your schedule. Yes. Now, I know what you're saying. Oh, man, but I, I, I'm on call and I have this. Uh, I'm right there with you. When does the job of a pastor ever stop? Like yesterday, I get this text message Saturday afternoon. Hey, uh, pastor, this, I got some bad news. Do you have time for a talk? And I was like, okay. I had to take a deep breath. All right, I'll take it. And I, and I answered the phone. 
And it was our wonderful Pastor Miss Allen. He said, I got bad news. What's your bad news? You're, you're older. Jerk! Don't do that to me. You have no idea how many times I have to take that phone call, but it's not a joke. It's actually something really bad. All right? So you have to say what, what Jane and I have done is every quarter, every three months, we sit down and we look at our family calendar. Not every year, every three months. Because guess what? We have kids in elementary school, so we kind of have to work around that. Now, as the kids get older, you're going to have more freedom. Okay? But if your children are younger in elementary, sit down with your spouse and say, hey, what do you need from me in this semester? So this semester I came into a season I said, hey, babe, can you help me? I can't keep taking the kids into school in the morning. I need to get to work earlier, but I'll help out in some other areas. So she in this season, these next three months, she's taking the kids to school for me. Now I'm helping out in other ways, but we sit down and we do that for each other. So it's sit down with the schedule. And here's what's great about technology. It makes it easy. You can sync your calendars. This is something that it's going to take a little time on a Sunday afternoon for you two to sit down, plan out your week. Otherwise, you're going to feel buried under the weight and feel like I have no mental energy, no emotional energy to go on a date and actually enjoy it. Many of you have gone on a date and you didn't enjoy it because you were thinking about all the things you had going on. So clear your calendar. That's I think really I would add being intentional about mm-hmm. spending time with each other. Um, the one thing that we did talk about in our life group last week about his needs, her needs, is your spouse should be your number one before your children. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, we have younger kids. Um, our, I mean, we have a three-year-old still. And sometimes as parents, it's easy to say, well, they can't take care of themselves. You know, I have to make sure they're taken care of or whatnot. Those are good, but you always have to make sure your relationship with your spouse comes first before the kids. So that was one thing that I'd probably add. Super good. Um, we do have an, uh, another question here. How can I get my significant other to come to church with me? Oh, that's great. Hit him over the head, duct tape him, put him in the junkie car, and bring him. Simple. Glad we could solve that. No. Uh, that's a great, great one. Um, now, I'm not in all about bribes, but you could just ask, hey, what are, what are the things holding you back from going to church? Can we talk about those? Uh, come check out our church. You know, what is, and really get to it. But then here's the other side of it. Take it to the Lord and just pray over it. Ask God to change their heart. Uh, I, I was I met with a great couple that I get to have the privilege of doing their wedding this summer. And I told them, I was like, look, early in our marriage, Jane and I's relationship, there was a lot of things I was doing horribly wrong, horribly wrong. And she would mention it, and then she would never mention it again. She just didn't. She mentioned it once, and she didn't bring it up. Now, that is not because I changed, okay? And it has to do with her walk with God, that she took it to the Lord. And then she waited, and it took years till probably about around year five or seven of our marriage that I honestly started to change. It took that long, but it was that daily prayer battle. I would probably add that. So when we first got married, somebody wise told me, if you have a problem with your spouse, go tell their mom. Right? Because they're the ones who raise them. And I, I mean, year two or year one of our marriage, I don't, I don't really know this guy. And so I would call his mom like, hey, um, you know, I'm kind of struggling with communicating with him. Like, how was he growing up? Because obviously she raised him. She knows a lot about him. So I would just ask, like, I'm not trying to complain, but, you know, um, <laughs> there's things that are happening right now and he doesn't listen or whatnot. And so uh, one thing that she told me is, Jane, you can't be the Holy Spirit. And that's one thing I've always, uh, I've always shared with a lot of people. If he's not listening to the Holy Spirit, what makes you think he's going to listen to you? Wow. And when I heard that, I was like, 
oh, that was good. Yeah. You know, I'm going to stop <laughs> nagging him um, because that's really the reality. Um, there's things that I want him to change, like, hey, no, let's work on this. And I just came to the point, God has to do the work because he can change for me. But he's only going to do that when I'm around, yep. right? Or, as soon as she was gone, I went right back, did what I want to do. She's and gone. unless the Holy Spirit gets a hold of his heart yeah. and does the internal transformation that I can't do, then that's when I'm going to see the change. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that I learned. Um, I know we have a lot of wives here, and it is part of our um, temptation to always, you know, I'm just going to remind him. I'm just going to tell him. I'm just going to text him about it. You know, I'm just going to, you know, subtly mm-hmm. tell him this. But just remember, let the Lord work in their heart. Um, mm-hmm. And let, God's going to take as long, you know, all the mm-hmm. time that he needs to work mm-hmm. in their hearts. But that's the same thing that he would do to us. Yeah. Um, couple of questions here before we wrap up. Do long-distance relationship works? You and I, we were long-distance. Yes. For about two years. You were in San Diego. I was up here. Now, I, uh, I was telling somebody earlier today, uh, long-distance, it's easier now than it's ever been. Yes. Okay. When she and I would text, I had to pay per text. Remember this? 10 cents per text message. I had 300 or text wait, messages wait for free. wait after 9 p.m. Or wait after call. 9 p.m. <laughs> where it's free. So you're waiting at certain times because you're cheap. And you're like, man, I need me a boost phone or go down to City Hall and get a free phone or something, you know. So I rack up the phone bill. And I get the phone bill, and we would talk for like 20,000 minutes that month, 1,900 text messages. And so I was going broke working on our relationship. It was worth it, though. Every minute, every penny, well worth it. Do it again in a heartbeat. But nowadays it's easier. Why? You have FaceTime. You have Skype. You have Google Hangout. You could do a Zoom meeting if you want to. I mean, Southwest, 49 bucks one way. You can't beat it, okay? So there's so many great ways to work on a long-distance relationship. And I think the biggest key is this. Keep them wanting more. That's the biggest thing. Keep them wanting more. You say, why? Uh, Little things like this. And uh, you could steal this. I drove down to your house, didn't see you, just left a rose in your door. And then I texted you when you woke up. I was like, hey, go outside. And she thought, I'm going to be out there. No. I was around the corner, and I took a picture of her getting the flowers. And she's like, where are you? I was like, I'm on my way back. She's like, you're not going to see me? No. I want you to want this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it was the flowers. It was all that. It was that little thing. Uh, How many of you watching P.S. I Still Love You? Let me see. Guilty pleasure. There we go. Excuse me. How many thought Peter was awesome? How he, Covey, break my heart again. Wasn't that awesome? Didn't that make you cry? So good. Some of you won't admit it. You sinners. Uh, God knows your hearts. Okay. And if you haven't watched it, watch it with your girl. Okay. It'll make her feel good. But the very end, that's what they want. They, sometimes guys are like, no, no, they want this body. Mm, no, no. Rarely, rarely, very rarely, special occasions. Usually leap year, that one day, February 29th, every four years. That's about how often, okay? But the rest of the time, they're drawn to those little things that we do, those little uh, funny things like the butterfly kisses, just the little things that you do. That's what keeps the attraction. So if you're in a long-distance relationship, Think of creative things, have fun with it, keep them wanting more. You say, why? Because there's another dude who's after the same thing as you, all right? So you got you to gotta be, you got to have that in mind that somebody else is out there to take your lunch. I'll probably add that for a That's tip. Right. Um, when, when guys send girls flowers, always send it when there's people around them. Totally. That's extra like, points, right? Yes, that's a yeah. big bonus point. Yeah, you want to um, make all good. her friends jealous. It's good to send it to their house or whatnot, but when you send it to their work and everybody's mm. like, ooh, yeah. who's going to get flowers? You know, anyway, Make sure you get do. her name right, though. 
If you accidentally get her best friend's name, then it's over. It's over. But here's, this is probably our last question. Um, as a married couple in love, is it okay to say not tonight? Oh, yeah. Uh, but can I put a caveat? Can I put a caveat? Uh, when it comes to that, all right, we all know what we're talking about, right? Okay. When they say no, let them know when. You know what I mean? Like, put it on the calendar. Paul says he's burning, okay? Quite literally, he's burning, okay? So when the dude is burning, like, let him know how long he's got to simmer, okay? All right? Like, a day, five minutes, like, middle of the night. Like, what, what are we talking about here, okay? Because why? This prolonged thing, Paul says that you should not deprive the other, but for a season, 1 Corinthians Chapter number seven, go look it up, says you should not deprive the other. Because why? Your body is not your own. My body's not mine, it's hers. Her body's not hers, it's mine. But at the same time, each person, emotionally, physically, tired, things on their mind. So, dudes, make it easy for her. You know what's on her mind? I kid you not. The craziest stuff is on her mind. Like, like there's a pile of laundry over there. You want to take care of that before you, you start getting the deed going. Because she'll be in the middle of something, and you're like, what's, what's the matter? She's like, oh, there's that laundry there. For real right now? Like, 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 you know, like the kid's asleep. You want to eliminate as many possible distractions. So give your kids like a little bit of Benadryl in their bu- I'm about to have child protective services called on me, huh? I'm like, man, have everything prepped. Wash the dishes, clean the house, change the oil on the car, and then light the candles, okay? Like, sometimes we don't do ourselves any favors. We come home, we're just kind of like all greasy, haven't showered, haven't shaved. We're like, come on, get a girl. And they're like, nope, nope, they don't want it. It's not leap year, February 29th, every four years. Yeah. I think I would add to that. Uh, we've mentioned it before in our previous uh, relationship series that uh, women are like crockpots. Yeah. It takes time, Lots right? Lots of time. Um, and then I think that's why we said men are, now we could call men are instant pots, right? It's just happens right away Um, but for women it does take a long time Um, and like I said we talked about in our life group that his needs her needs it's actually the the men's needs are backwards for the women like as far as like sexual needs that's on top of the list of a man for women that's like probably kind of towards the bottom and we're like we're not even thinking about it you know it's not really our priority I guess you know between like the chores, the job. No, it's like I have other things to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I think being intentional about it mm-hmm. and then actually, um, and this is just being very transparent, um, he does have to say, hey, he's going to text me in the morning. You know, like something sweet or whatever. But it's not because, oh, he wants something tonight. But you kind of have to get the other person ready for that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of frustrations for the men is like, well, how come it's, you know, she's, she's, she's not interested or whatever. But you kind of have to work that whole thing. You know, you kind of have to work the system. Hey, you know, getting the kids ready for bed always helps. Um, making sure the house is clean. Because I'm pretty sure there's women in this room that you want to you be engaged to your spouse, but you have all these other things in your mind. And you just can't think you know of, of how to be engaged with that person because you, you're thinking of all these little things and um for me I have to specifically tell myself no that's gonna wait um and it does help when he does 
do the dishes. Uh, I don't have to worry about it. And I have to make sure, okay, I am setting this timer this night where um, we're gonna, I'm going to do this thing with you, but I have to make sure, okay, I'm not physically tired. Um, <laughs> is that too right? uh, I'm not physically tired. I have to be ready for it. Um, otherwise, it's just one person, right? This is couples therapy. You're all in on. This is good. No, they did a study. They studied happy couples and unhappy couples. They said happy couples, it's not that they necessarily are intimate more than unhappy couples. It's that they don't drop below 51 times a year. There's a number. They said unhappy couples are less than 51 times a year. They said happy couples are 51 and above. They said the statistics, it doesn't, if you're going for a record, you know, like whatever your record might be, that's good. But honestly, 51, and you're good, all right? So it takes a lot of work, a lot of exercise. you got to be in shape for that kind of stuff, all right? <laughs> Careful, stretch, get ready, have some Gatorade, you know? So uh, that's a new one. We're getting pro tips from the audience now. So here's what we're going to do. We're wrapping it up with time, but here's what I love the fact of this whole passage. It's Song of Solomon, and he even goes into it. And I want to encourage the... Those that are you're, you're dating, can you, and it's going to be hard. Jane and I, man, I, I, it, it was a struggle. So here's what I want to encourage you. Build your life instead of waiting for someone to invite you into theirs. I know a lot of people put their life on hold. I'm looking for the one. I'm looking for the one. You know what? Self-sufficiency is very attractive. Very attractive. So until you find the one, become the one that someone is looking for. Okay, work on that. Become that person that's so attractive, got a life that's so good that everybody's like, man, if I could be with him, if I could be with her. And then you pursue that one. So, and then if you're dating here, don't stop being that one that your one fell in love with. They fell in love with one, but then there comes a point where we start changing. How about we talk to them and say, hey, have I slacked off? Is there an area that I could improve? And constantly be checking in with your spouse. Be course correcting. Here's what I love about my car. It gives me a check engine warning light. Your spouse will do that too. Before they ever get mad, before they ever blow up, they're more than glad to tell you, hey, you know what? There's a check engine light. And you can just ask a simple question. Hey, how's your love tank? What can I do this week? Hey, this week I need you to take the kids. I need a day. I need to go to the spa. Hey, I need a day with my friends. Hey, I, I need a night where you just wash dishes, you do all that stuff, and help me. And here's how Song of Solomon, I love how he ends this whole passage because it's so powerful. Let me, let me go back to it real quick. We, Jane and I had 17 pages of notes. You know that? 17 pages. No way we're getting through all of it. We're wrapping it up right now. And I love this. He said in verse 16, My beloved is mine, and I am his. He grazes among the lilies until the day breathes and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, like a gazelle or a young stag on the clefts of the mountains. I love that, that, that they had this, man, we're together in this. This is poetic, but it's beautiful. And uh, she's saying our love is so strong that she desires him so much. And so since we didn't get through all the questions, here's what we'll do. Nine o'clock tonight, we're going to jump back on Facebook Live. And we'll finish out some of these questions. Or if you have questions, you'll see them. Plus, we're going to go through a bunch of stuff that we didn't get to this morning. So, honey, you can have the last word. I probably just want to end with this. Um, like what we started in the beginning, don't set the bar low. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, again, I'm going to reiterate what I said. A lot of times we think it's better to be with someone bad than be with no one. And a lot of times that's kind of the culture now. Like, oh, I just need to be with somebody. And we don't really care who this person is, right? Um, but especially for the girls, you are valued. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm always praying. We have a 10-year-old daughter, and I'm always praying, you know, um, obviously the culture is telling you, especially like with all the social media, you know, you see what a, what a girl should look like, how they should dress, what, how they should act. And there's, they're constantly being bombarded by how they should act or what they should look like. And I'm always telling her, hey, you're beautiful. Your dad loves you. And same thing here for all the girls. Don't, don't set that bar low just so you could be with somebody. And I'm always a big advocate of purity. You know, let that guy go after you. Um, a lot of times we're like, well, you know, I'm just going to do this and make him, uh, make him feel like I won over him or whatever. But that's not, that's not what's going to keep the relationship last. And as a final thought, um, sex is not what it's all about in any relationship. Um, I've had girls ask me this, you know, like, what about this? What about that? And I'm like, to be honest, when you go through as a couple, um, when you go through something hard, you're not really thinking about sex, to be honest. You know, that's like the, the last thing on your mind. You're actually thinking of how are we going to make it through. When you hear the bad news, how are you going to make it through as a couple? So it's not all that is. I mean, intimacy is good, but that's not really what a relationship is. And a lot of times we, we put like 110% on that. Are they good and bad? Are they, you know, this or that? But that's not really what it's all about. There's more deeper things in a relationship. That's, that's probably what I would Honey, can you just pray over us and just pray us out? Sure, absolutely. Father in heaven, thank you for this time that we um, got to hear some questions from the audience. I know there's more questions that we didn't get to go over with, but Father, thank you for the wisdom that you've given to us. I pray for um, the couples right now, the married couples um, for sure. I pray that you would put a special hedge of protection over them and their relationship. I pray that you would... um, you would help them to have a strong relationship that whatever happens, any bad news or any issue that they're going through, that you would just help them to uh, draw closer together as they draw closer to you. I pray for those who are either engaged or heading to for marriage, that you would just guide their steps. I pray for the singles um, in this room, that you would help them know their worth and their value. It's not because of the person that they're dating or they're not with somebody, but because of what you did on the cross for them. I pray, Father, for the uh, remainder of the series as we go over relationships that you'd continue to give us the wisdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you, honey. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect.